everyone. This is episode 700 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, December 27th, 2019. I'm your host, Mark Kuznets, and today I'll be talking about Regions of Ruin, Irohiro, Warhammer Quest 2, Onikin Unstoppable Edition, Odalis The Dark Call, and Turing Carts. But before I get to all that I've been playing, I'm going to start with my favorite games of 2019 so far because you know there are plenty of games that i still want to get around to that i'm hoping to get through before the end of january but i've been making my way through some recently and i've got a top five that was shuffled quite a bit after playing one game that just changed everything but before even that i just want to say hey 700 episodes that's kind of cool right that's kind of a milestone big deal a lot of episodes so yeah i think it's a a cool little thing to be able to end the year especially with my (laughs) my 700th episode of this here podcast i don't really have anything exciting to do for this occasion outside of talking about the games of the year for me and all that jazz so yeah i just want to say hey that's kind of cool uh so yeah um my games of the year so far at first for a very long time in in fact i was pretty sure apex legends was going to be my number one and then i started to cool off on it over the past month or so i don't play it nearly as much i still really like it but i've had a lot of bad encounters with randoms and not so great teams And I've just been really focused on playing games in my backlog, both games for Attack the Backlog and games from 2019 that I want to get around to, which are kind of the same thing. But uh, yeah, Apex Legends is no longer my game of the year. It's not number five, though. Number five is A Plague Tale Innocence, which came out pretty early in the year, and it is still by far unquestionably my biggest surprise of the year even though my number one is a surprise as well but a plague tale innocence is a game i didn't expect much from Uh, i I don't really have a reason for that but when i got a code for it and started playing i'm like huh this is really pretty but i don't know about this and when you first start playing the game the beginning sections are very stealth heavy not that the the later sections aren't it's a stealth driven actiony game but at first you don't really have any kind of means to defend yourself it's just about hiding and distracting but you quickly gain ways in which you can take down the enemy and aren't forced to just run and hide all the time which made the stealth gameplay way more satisfying and tolerable and i found probably a few hours in that i was really enjoying all of this stealth gameplay that it wasn't just me dealing with the gameplay in order to progress and see where the story was going so that was something that that that, that's why the game ended up being so high on my list and why i am so fond of it but the reason why it's number five and not higher on my current list is because when I stepped back and thought about my top five, a Plague Tale just didn't have 
the stain power it, it didn't resonate with me over the months that have followed it's not a game i've thought about as much other than to recommend it to people who i think would like it because i think it's a game that should be played but the other four games on my list are games that i still think about i still go back to uh to some extent and a plague tale is just a game that i played uh and might play again sometime in the future but it, it it's, a, it's a game that came and went and there's nothing wrong with that it just isn't a number one two three uh game of the year contender because of that uh, so yeah don't let that, that scare you off, though. It's still a fantastic game. My number four is Streets of Rogue, which I feel like can be best described as a funnier, sillier, kind of 2D, uh, over-the-top Hitman game. Uh, it's not Hitman-esque in that you always have a target or tar uh, targets on a level that you have to take out. You'll have certain objectives for each level that involve either helping someone escape from prison or clearing out this house or, or, or whatnot. And you can choose to complete those, but you can also end up failing them and still complete the level, quote unquote, complete the level and move on. Doing that will hurt your reputation, most likely, and you won't get any rewards from doing that, so you won't get cash from completing those missions and whatnot, which are, are very important in, in acquiring new items and weapons and stuff like that which would make future levels easier and, and give you more options to play around but what is so special about that game and, and what makes it so easy to keep going back to is that it is a roguelike in that when you die you start over from the the very beginning and you can pick a new character there are, there are many different characters with special abilities that are tied to them specifically like you can you can play as a gorilla you can play as a fireman you can play as a uh, bartender you can play as a shopkeeper and they all give you special abilities the, the gorilla has incredible melee damage and can just go crazy uh, the shopkeeper can sell items in their inventory to themselves which is great because uh, it allows you to sell things uh, very easily um, the bartender can mix drinks together and, and can make like a poisonous drink or a sleeping drink or, or whatnot to deal with a person um, and, and so on. And then you can also create your own class if you want, uh, mixing and matching. Uh, you have a, a certain limit to what you can do, so you can't just make like a super class. But again, or as well, you can make a super class and you can adjust the way the game works with a bunch of modifiers. So you can make it so that when you die, you don't restart all the way over. That you gain like money after each level all the time, or like you can you can make the game easier, more challenging, funnier in ways. They give you a lot of options and a lot of uh, ways to customize the experience for yourself. Uh, whether to make it easier, uh, make it harder, uh, etc. And, and I, I really love that about the game. And then. The actual act of playing it is a lot of fun because the worlds feel more alive than maybe any world that I've been into, even more than the Hitman stuff, in that all these other NPCs that are inhabiting these spaces are doing their own thing, and crazy shit can happen without you even doing anything. And crazy shit can happen even when you're not in that area. It's not like 
everyone's not doing anything until you're in that space and then they you know are turned on you know I, i've walked around and, and seen gangs get into a fight with each other or, or, or a gang and a cop and i've also come to a point where it's like i'm walking around this environment and then i see a bunch of dead bodies and clearly there were some giant fight that happened that i missed out on there are some levels that have trains and people will just run around uh like if you're chasing a thief who stole some money from you they might run away from you and then get hit by a train and the, these kind of unexpected moments are all over streets of rogue and that's what makes it really special to me i just i love that game so much it's so much fun the only thing i'd say is bad about it is the title streets of rogue makes one think of streets of rage and it is nothing like streets of rage and like it's a good title but it's not a good title for this game because it just it's impossible for it to not make one think of the streets of rage games so moving on to my number three my number three is apex legends i don't really need to say much about this because i've talked about it so many times throughout this year uh, it's by far the game I've played more than anything this year. Uh, I think it's an incredible Battle Royale game. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just think it's an incredible game in general. Uh, the Battle Royale genre genre is one that I've wanted to get into for a long time because I, I stood outside looking in thinking to myself, I like this conceptually. And then I played PUBG on Xbox One when it first launched. And thankfully, I played it on the X, so it ran better than the OG Xbox, but still not ideal. But I, I didn't remember feeling like it was an un, unplayable experience. And if I were to ever go to another Battle Royale game, uh, in addition to Apex, it would be PUBG because that one does have a very distinct feel that is different than a lot of the other Battle Royale games in that it's much slower, it's much more tense, it's scary in ways, whereas Apex Legends is super fast and way action heavy and just so quick in general um but apex grabbed me and i wasn't expecting that and i think part of it is because they right from the beginning had these features and, and functionalities that allowed you to communicate with your teammates without using a headset i don't want to use a headset so the ping system is just brilliant and you know the ping system is brilliant because fortnite stole it within like weeks um and I, I love the legend system and the way uh, each of them plays differently and the way they can work off of one another. So if you have a team with Bloodhound and Bangalore, Bloodhound is my main, I love Bloodhound. Um, Bloodhound's ultimate allows them to see enemies highlighted in red. And with Bangalore, their main just normal ability is to drop down smoke. So... You can be in a firefight or a dire situation. You have your Bangalore drop down some smoke. If the Bloodhound has their ultimate ready, they initiate that and then they're able to see the enemies in the smoke and the enemies are just blind to get destroyed by Bloodhound. And there are a lot of ways in which legends can play off each other and work together in other similar ways that really makes uh, the, the team dynamic feel really good. And... I like I just I love it. I think it's a super fun game. I, I think some of the microtransaction things they've done have been a little iffy in terms of the cost and, and 
the way in which you're able to get certain items. Uh, they've improved over time, but I still think there are things they can do. Uh, they upped the cap recently, which will allow people to get way more loot boxes and all that kind of jazz over time, which is nice. But I still think that legend tokens need to be given more options for spending that. Like the fact that, yeah, okay, you can now with season passes swap out a challenge with legend tokens is just garbage no one should ever do that i don't care who you are you don't want to waste your tokens doing that it's not worth it you'll get a new challenge the next day get over it and the challenges are never that hard uh, so don't waste your tokens on that which leaves you with using them to buy legends which come out like quarterly uh, with each new season and you can use them to buy alternate skins for ultimate or, or for legendary weapons uh armor sets and stuff like that and that's fine but you have to own the legendary set to the legendary skin before you can buy this alternate one which sucks because coming across legendary skins isn't easy uh they do allow you to buy it there for like 18 bucks or whatever but it would be nice to just be able to buy the alternate skin without without needing the legendary skin already. Uh, but like I've purchased every a uh, every legend with a legend tokens, and I've purchased maybe eight alternate skins with legend tokens, maybe a few more than that. And I still, and granted, I've played a shit ton of Apex Legends. Uh, the new legends cost 12,000 a piece and then the alternate skins range sometimes they're a little discounted but I think they're around the eight nine thousand range uh, I still have like a hundred and seventy five thousand legend tokens and nothing to spend them on and I fucking hate that so much I wish you could like they need to find some way just get a calculator and find a way that feels right for them to say you can convert 5,000 legend tokens to 100 apex coins which would get you one apex back or you know maybe just a thousand um because you get 600 per level and so that would mean it would take two levels which doesn't happen quickly uh i think it happens quickly early on but when you've reached high levels you know it still takes a while to level up uh, it'll take you a few hours or so so let us get one free apex pack per level up um and if not whatever just do something that allows us to convert legend tokens to a, a more meaningful currency or, or let us convert them uh 1000 legend tokens to 100 crafting materials a legendary item i think takes like 1800 uh crafting material so that would require 18,000 legendary uh, legend tokens, which, you know, I feel like spending, you know, using that much to craft one legendary item wouldn't be uh, too bad on, on respawn's end. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've already talked way too much about Apex Legends. So my number two is Resident Evil 2, the remake. And if you want to hear me talk about that a bunch you should watch the Attack the Backlog episode of Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, I think it's the longest episode, and it will probably always be the longest episode because 
since I've started scripting, episodes are, are definitely shorter. So that was the first episode I ever scripted, but I really went into the story. And I think the reason why that one was long and why maybe a future one would be long as well is that I adore that game. So I really had so much to t- uh, so much to say about it. And in games I don't love, I, I don't want to just keep piling on for an extended period of time. But as someone who never played much of the original, I just had an absolute blast with it. Uh, I played through it twice, which is crazy. And I regularly think about playing through it a third time and a fourth time. And I just, it's a game that is constantly on my mind. And I just want to keep going back to it. And the only reason why I don't is because I need to play these games that I haven't been playing. That I haven't played even once. You can't just keep playing Resident Evil 2, even though I really want to. Uh, it's maybe the most beautiful game I've ever played. It's gorgeous. And I, I'm sure part of what allows them to make it so pretty is the fact that a lot of it takes place in dark spaces. So they can cheat that way, I would assume. I, I don't know. But uh, it is a gorgeous game. I enjoyed the story for what it is. Uh, I prefer the story of Resident Evil, the first game, uh, mainly because I, I like the stuff you find in journals and whatnot. I, I think the story of the young girl uh, is just so heartbreaking in Resident Evil. Uh, and I think I do prefer the original, which I never thought would be the case, but uh, yeah, Resident Evil 2 is amazing. And I am so excited for Resident Evil 3 Remake. It is my most anticipated game of 2020 that I can think of. I'm, I'm really excited for Animal Crossing as well, but I'm I'm dying to play Resident Evil 3 because then I'm going to go through Resident Evil 4 and then maybe replay 5 or I'll just jump to 6. Or uh, I forget the order. I found an order that seems to be pretty decent. Uh, and I think maybe they say 0 after 3, then 4, then maybe like Revelation. So... I'm gonna, next year is going to be a very busy year for me when it comes to Resident Evil because I've been holding off on playing more just because I was expecting and now I'm very happy uh, that uh, or expecting a, a remake of the third to be announced so that I didn't have to s- settle for the original PlayStation version and when that happens it's all over it's just going to be Resident Evil like there's going to be a million Resident Evil Attack the Backlog episodes next year. And then my number one is a game I've only started playing for the past week and change, I guess. I don't remember the exact day when I started playing it, but I love, love, love Slay the Spire. I, I've heard about this game on and off from people saying that it was you know, really good, but I never really paid attention or, or, or dove deeper to find out exactly what kind of game it was. I just knew it was a card game. I'm like, okay, it's a card game, whatever. But it is a deck-building roguelike. Uh, I just finished the script for the Attack the Backlog episode on it. And I just... I love it so much. It's a game that I could see myself playing for years and years and years. It scratches so many of the same itches that Into the Breach scratched for me last year. And it's just, it's so simple on the surface, yet there's a lot of complexity and depth to it beneath the surface. It's very easy to learn and pick up, um, in part because you just, 
when you first start the game, you, you don't have many options in your hand. You just have a lot of basic attacks and basic defense, and it gets more complex very quickly, but it, it throws you into the game and gives you a few instructions, and it, it, it is so easy to pick up right after that. The enemies uh, will telegraph what they're going to do, just like in Into the Breach. So if they're going to defend the next turn, you know that. Um, if they're going to attack, you know that. So you can prepare yourself uh, based on what they're going to do. And it's, it's super satisfying. It's a roguelike deck building game. I don't remember if I said it was a roguelike. So you go through it. You're, you're trying to complete three different acts. And if you die, start over from the beginning. You lose all your cards and all that stuff. And you have to start over. But... The thing about it and what makes it really good and any roguelike in this case is that when you fail you don't feel frustrated you're not annoyed by it you don't want to just curse the game out and, and stop playing you are then more driven to come back and teach it a lesson and just beat the shit out of it uh, it, it's super satisfying to actually win. I've completed the third act once. You have to complete the third act with all three characters in the game in order to unlock the ability to uh, get to the fourth act, which I haven't done yet. But uh, despite the fact that I've only played the game for like eight, somewhere between like eight and ten hours at this point, I already know it's my game of the year because it just... It is just scratching all my itches it, it is so good so tight so well designed and if you have an xbox and you have game pass you can play it for free and you 100 percent should but um those are my games of the year so far i am currently playing through control for attack the backlog and and to you know play more 2019 games and i really like the way it feels but I'm kind of annoyed with the way the story is being delivered. There's a lot of information given to you via files that you find in the environment. And there's there's just a lot of them. And I find that it's really killing the flow of the game. As I come across a file, then I stop to read it. And there's just so much downtime in, the, in, in that aspect of it, of me stopping, collecting something, opening it up in the menu, reading it, backing out, and then moving forward. And then maybe I find another one five minutes later or even sooner than that and it just kind of sucks uh but i'm interested in all that stuff which is why i keep reading it i think the story is interesting so far is engaging I, I want to learn about the mysteries of the old house and and what's going on uh but i'm kind of disappointed in that sense i also think the map is a bit shitty <laughs> and by a bit i mean a lot I, i'm not you know, people were really talking about how bad the map was, and they're not wrong. It's pretty bad. Um, if you take a few minutes to, like, look at it, you'll start to understand and, and figure things out. But it's just not the way I want to use a map. I want it to be incredibly intuitive. I want to just be able to open it up and immediately know, okay, this is where I have to go, and then exit out. I don't want to open up the map and then have to pause stop look at it and just make sure okay okay that part is below this and this one's on okay i, I need to go here okay the, there are three things that are going in the same direction but the one that is on the same level as me is okay, okay like 
I don't want to do that every time I have to open the map. And maybe after more time with it, I put three hours into it, uh, it'll start to pick up faster or whatever, but it's just, it's a little frustrating in that sense. But in terms of actually playing the game, I think it feels great. Uh, it's a very satisfying combat. Using the powers feels really good. It's, it's a really, really fun game to play when you're playing it. But there's so much time that is spent reading these documents, uh, messing with the map that I feel like it, it hurts the experience a bit more. And then even with the story you're given uh, in bits of dialogue that are these in-game, I wouldn't call them cutscenes because they're just two people standing and they're talking to each other. I wish there was more dyna dynamic stuff happening in those that they were actual cutscenes and there were, you know, maybe you're talking to somebody and they were walking around the room and maybe they go to a computer and they start typing something up. And I, I want something more than just these two people standing and talking to each other for five, ten minutes. Just like, okay, uh, I, when I see that, I, I get pretty bored and I start to check out rather quickly uh, where I'll be like, <laughs> I'll start just Googling something. I'll be like, I'll listen, but I, I don't feel like I am... Uh, remembering everything it's not uh i'm not it's not, not that i'm not comprehending it at all but i'm just it's not all sticking with me some of it's falling out the other side of my head you know it's going in one ear and, and some of it's falling out because you know it, it's hard for me to care when it's it's so uh void of life uh, in, in that sense um but yeah on to what i've been playing so i've Played Regions of Rune, which is a side-scrolling RPG with town building where you explore, fight, and build in, in an open world. Uh, one of the descriptions that I think the developers themselves put out there is that it's, imagine, what is it? The town? Uh, that's not the name of the game. What is that name? Of it? There's some game where they mention it, it's like, what if this had really satisfying action RPG elements or, or something like that? Um, it's not the town. It's a game that's on. <laughs> I own these games, but um, the the problem with it is that I, I really don't like the way it looks. It's very simple, kind of fuzzy looking, but more so than that, the combat is really unsatisfying, and it's a bit clunky navigating the world. Uh, you have to go to like this area before you can go to this one place, even though it's shown on your mini map. Uh, it's just a bit clunky in general the combat's clunky uh and, and and acts like it has more depth than i think it does it's just it's a game that has some nice ideas that could be turned into a better game with a sequel you know it, it's not the worst game in the world or anything like by any means but um it's just it's missing some things that would make it uh, more engaging and make me want to keep coming back to play more but I, I don't really have a desire to play any more of it I put a little over an hour into it and I'm like eh, I'm good then uh, Irohiro is a shmup that uh, is reminiscent to Ikaruga in that you can change the color of your ship with the right bumper uh, and if you're uh, it's between blue and red if you're blue then of course blue bullets will pass through you and you can damage red enemies and and vice versa and it's all right it it, it feels 
pretty good. Um, but it, it's... It, 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 I don't know. It, it's fine. It's a fine shmup, but it didn't make much of an impression. It is one of those games that will give you all the achievements or trophies very quickly. So if you want a game for that, it's great for that. Uh, it, it did seem to get surprisingly challenging pretty early on. Um, but yeah, it was fine. But I, I put my time into it. I got all the achievements, and then I was like, okay, I'm good. Don't need to play any more of this. So uh, your mileage may vary with that one. Warhammer Quest 2 is an old-school grid-based tactics game where you go into dungeons, fight enemies, you know, improve your squad and all that jazz. And um, it, It's definitely an improvement over the first game, but I've put probably two hours into it, and it's, it's weird in that, one, it's still very easy, surprisingly easy, Easy to the point where I really don't have to think at all about what I'm going to do. I just, okay, just keep pushing forward and attack, and they will hit me a little bit, but it's not going to be a big deal. And uh, I'll finish the level without a question, uh, without any issue. But also, every single encounter feels exactly the same from both an, uh, a level standpoint. and they, they all feel and look pretty similar, and the enemies you're fighting are pretty much always the same. It just... I've put two hours in it, and I feel like I've only played the same battle over and over and over again. And that has gotten old real quick. Um, I, there's probably a story there, but I haven't cared about any story that has come my way. If there was some story. Um, but yeah, not too exciting there. And Onikin Unstoppable Edition and Odalisk the Dark Call are both from the same developer. I forget the name of them, but they are the same. I think it's a, a two-people uh, developer, uh, but I could be wrong in that sense. But it's the same people who brought us Blazing Chrome this year. And these are very much in that old-school classic style. Uh, Odalisk the Dark Call is Castlevania 3-ish. And Onikin is Ninja Gaiden-esque. And these are games that came out on PC a while ago. Uh, I forget which one came first. Maybe Onikin. I think, I think one of them came out in 2012 and then one in 2015. So these games have been around for a while and have just made their way to consoles now. I've played both of them on the Xbox One. And I, I really like Onikin. Uh, the Ninja Gaiden-esque one. Uh, the, the, the gameplay is pretty tight. It feels really good. I like the fact that when you... You know, these, these games are old school in the, the way they feel and also the way they're structured. But they do... Uh, they're, they're both, like Blazing Chrome, they're both pretty challenging. But they do give you some ways to keep some progress uh you know you're not just thrown from to the very beginning of stuff which is nice you know they, they have a few things that you know are, are more modern in terms of uh respecting your time and whatnot so in onikin when you complete an area uh, the next area is unlocked for you to start from uh from any time so you don't have to start from the very beginning to play the next area so every time you complete an area 
that area is, I mean, it was already unlocked, but the next area will be unlocked to start from from the very beginning. Uh, and I like that. And I, I think Onikin's a, a really tight little game. And then Odalis is a little sluggish and unresponsive, I found. Um, a little bit slower than I would like in terms of your actions and how quickly you're able to attack after you attack again. And just, it wasn't as satisfying to play as Onikin, but looks good. I like the structure. Uh, the hit detection seems a little bit off at times, but there are reasons to explore the same level and branching paths. And yeah, I played more of it um, yesterday and I was having a really good time. Uh, I played uh, like I was having a really good run with it too. Uh, you can see both of these games. If you watch the video, those are, those are the games uh, included in the video version. But uh, yeah, I, I like both of them. If you're a fan of those old school games, then you should definitely check them both out. And then the last game I played is Turin Karts, which is a kart racer with PlayStation VR support. I played it in VR. It looks not great. It plays fine. It was super, super easy. Uh, the power-ups are, are very basic. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't particularly fun. Uh, when there are other kart races out there uh, that are much, much better. The only thing this has going for it is the VR experience that I don't think exists in any other, other kart racer. I could be wrong, but that is not enough at all. If you want to play a racer in VR, that is both an amazing experience in VR and amazing game on its own right. Just pick up the white, uh, the Wipeout Omega collection. But um, yeah, that's it for what I've been playing. I did watch It Chapter 2 which is super fucking long. It's too long. I, I didn't like it. Um, I think the opening scene is really, is a some poor judgment on the, the part of the creators in terms of putting that there. Even though I, I know that scene is in the book, but the way they open it with this movie and how super violent it is and they, and they never touch upon it again, uh, the book, gives you way more than just this out of context violent uh, horrible scene um it just it, it did not work for me at all it put me in a mood at the very beginning and then it never it never did anything with that um which is really disappointing i guess i don't know a lot of it chapter two feels very cheap and lazy and it's attempts at scares it's not a scary movie it has a lot of cgi um and just a lot of these cheap little like dumb stupid vignettes it's like okay here we can have fun doing this for this one vignette of the this character um when they're a child again like i just uh, I, I watched it in three different settings because i could not sit and watch it in one i mean it's just short of three hours long um, and it's really disappointing because the casting is perfect. The, the adults they got for these kids are fucking fantastic. And some of them look so alarmingly like they could just be the adult version of these kids. Where it's like, I, I look at your face and I look at the kid's face. I'm like, you, there's, you could, are you, 
are you sure you didn't invent time travel for this movie? Because this is kind of perfect. I especially love the adult actor who played Eddie. Um, but I think the the movie tonally, just like that that opening did a hell of a lot to make me check out and just question what the hell the creators, the writers, uh, everyone involved was thinking by having that scene there and then never really following through in any way. Um, but yeah, it, it may work fine for you. It just, I, I wanted there to be a reason to put that scene there. And I don't think the movie ever gave a reason to open with that scene other than to just shock people. It's like, oh, isn't this shocking and disturbing and very violent, more violent than anything else in the movie? Um, and it's and it's not something that Pennywise is doing. It's just a hate crime. Here, here's a hate crime. Now enjoy this horror movie about a clown. Huh? I mean, in the movie or in the book, there's there's a lot more to it than just hair. Here's a hate crime, and it's a hate crime based on a, a real event. If you don't know, um, I would just say research it yourself. But um, yeah, I think the way it was handled in the movie was very poor. Uh, but that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sauces, the last episode of the Pixelated Sauces podcast of 2019. Once again, I am your host, Mark Kushnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sauces. The site is, of course, pixelatedsauces.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated paranormal podcast and attack the backlog all of which are available on podcast services across the globe like stitcher radio google play apple Podcasts, and spotify and if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show and pandora it's also on pandora and if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or attack the backlog you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch them both there if you'd like to check out the art i make you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like Click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week and any hell an even better rest of your year. Happy New Year, everyone. You're listening to this maybe before it's a new year, but, you know, listen again. When is a new year? Give me twice the downloads for this episode. Uh, but yeah, Happy New Year and all that jazz. Be safe out there. If you're in Chicago like me, you know, when the, the ball drops and it becomes January 1st, go get your marijuana on and enjoy legalized weed in uh, the state of Illinois. Have fun, but not too much fun. Be safe. All right. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>